that if, if I lost control or did not have control, things would just, you know, I would be fatal. What are we going to do today? This kind of popped up in my head about what I was going to use. So, mm-hmm. oh, I feel like this song is going to be the tone. The zone that we own, the zone that we own. Mm-hmm. The zone of our own. Self-control, the most dangerous podcast on the planet, where the energy never dies and the energy never lies. My name is Naj. I'm here with the homie Lorenzo. When you hear good. Find the word is Quran. When you hear anybody else, the word is man, Quran. you know what it is. You know what it is, brother. Good brother. What's happening, man? It's all good, man. Again, one day at a time. You know, minute by minute. Um, I'm just trying to feel thankful. You know, it's uh. Some news we're going to get into, some names we have to remember, um, but just in reflection of uh, the life that was here, just in a lot of good reflection this week, and, uh, you know, just thankful, you know? Yeah, man. Um, first off, man, just, it's, it's been a crazy couple of couple of days, man, uh, so I just feel like, first, we, let's just, you know... Before there's life, you know, there comes death. So, you know, um, you ever, I feel like, uh, I'm going to get this wrong when I say it, but uh, I guess let me say, like, when it, when any person dies, another life is born. Yeah. Like that. So, um, first off, let's just start with uh, Mr. Stiller, you know, who passed away today from natural causes. I think he was, like, 90-something. Yep. Um, I want to say that. I don't want to get that I got. I should have did a, a check on that, but um, yeah, he passed away. Uh, of course, you know he was married to Kate Mira. You know, they had Ben Stiller. You know, um, he was on Seinfeld, King of Queens, man made albums. You know, comedy albums. You know, so rest in peace to that gentleman right there. You know, an icon to the comedy world. Um, Absolutely. You know, we're gonna roll one up. 
you know, mm-hmm. in your honor, which I'm doing right now. Also, um, we lost. Without this person, I don't know what music would be like in 2020. But this guy was pretty much like the godfather, you know, in, in, in some ways. Uh, without him, there'd be no Heavy D, be no Mary, be no Jodeci, be no Diddy, be no Bad Boy, you know, without this man kind of putting things into place. Um, yeah. That man is Andre Harrell. Uh, founder, CEO of Uptown Records, MCA. Um, always looked at uh, Andre Harrell, you know, for New York. You know, New York had already had Def Jam. You know me, Columbia and all that shit. Yeah. But I felt Andre Harrell was like what L.A. Reed and Babyface was to Atlanta with LaFace. Mm, exactly. Absolutely. You know, I kind of felt like they were just like that kind of boutique label where they were kind of taking chances on people, you know, that the some of the labels wouldn't necessarily take a chance on. Um, yeah. So, you know, like I said, Heavy D and the Boys, Mary J. Blige, uh, he had Diddy as his intern and basically kind of helping run the label at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, until Andre told him it could only be one line in the jungle and fired him and you know Puff had to make a bad boy but uh, without Andre Harrell man a lot of this shit wouldn't be possible you know in music not team. at all so uh, shout out and praise to him um, I read the, the Instagram post that Puff did today and it just mm-hmm. it touched me in here man and um, yeah Another death. It just it comes in threes, man. Um, in this case, four because I feel like I'm forgetting another person who passed. Uh, Betty Wright, man. Betty Wright. Yeah. I remember listening to Betty Wright back in the days, like with my grandmother. Like, you know, hearing to you know hearing tonight is the night, you know, and, and you know, just. The woman had a voice, you know. I know a lot of people just felt like her content at times was kind of toxic, like she was either the other woman or the woman getting played or whatever. But those are real things that was happening, you know, that happened to women, you know. So uh, she was their voice. But, you know, not all, not just that, but, like, we've heard on Lil Wayne songs. Um, I feel like there's another person she, she's been on... Um, but Betty Wright, man, an icon, a legend in her own right, you know, so all the praise, all the flowers we give to her, you know, um, there's, I feel like I'm forgetting one more person. It wasn't like, another. I feel like it was too. It's, 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 um, it's a lot to keep up with, man. Yeah, man. It's, it's something that we don't want to keep up with, but we have to. Yeah. Um, 2020 has just been, just been fucked up, man. You know, we're losing a lot of people, you know, it just seems like one after the other, uh, so uh, before we get into anything else, uh, what are we drinking on? You know, we gotta do our we gotta do our drink checks. What are we, what are we For sure, on? man. Another repeat, Angry Orchard is the okay. apple juice. You know what I mean? That's what I had to taste for tonight. 
I like the Rose one, man. I like the Rose album. Yeah, for sure. I, that that one is definitely uh, I guess like more celebratory. Like if it's in a, if it's a case in which like it's a game on or something like that, and it's like you know some young women around or you know that might you know we 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 definitely might have that as a beer option, right? Uh, okay. But yeah, 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 for sure. The the rose is the rose is very wavy. Yeah, very. Um, I'm trying this beer. Uh, my beer buyer at my job, he didn't want this beer or whatever. Uh, is Genesee Light or whatever? Mm. He, didn't want, he didn't want the beer. Uh, he thought it was kind of. He, he just didn't think it would sell. He already had got you. The light beers or whatever. Um, yeah. And he just said it felt <laughs> cheap to him. <laughs> it looked cheap, but uh, so he just threw me a whole bunch of beer. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, right. Cause you get them looks often. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, he hooked me up with the Genesee Light. He gave me like yeah, ten beers. He gave, me, he gave me like ten beers. Like all that other shit, like like the trim tabs, like the natural selections, and the other shit. Like that, as you like, that comes out of the pocket. That's like yeah, four ninety nine a can. Right. You know, you know that like be like craft beers. You know. Mm-hmm. I know, like niggas listen to it, like yo, where the Heineken's at, and you know, and shit like that. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Exactly, bro. Nah, this ain't this podcast. This ain't that podcast where we where we sipping on that. You exactly. Know, we, you know, it's kind of an upper echelon underground kind of thing. You know, so um, anyway, man, we just uh, welcome to another episode. Yo, man, you ready to get into the shits? Absolutely. Let's get into the shits, man. Let's lock right, in. So, earlier today, man, I think around like six o'clock, maybe five o'clock, Twitter went crazy. You know, on Monday, you know, usually it really doesn't go like that on Monday unless it's a scandal or something. Oh, yeah, we do have to talk about a scandal. But first, let's talk about something lighthearted. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it was just uh, it was a buzz. And, you know, I think Fox was the first to, re- was the first to say something. Was it, was it Fox or was it uh, WWE who first said something? I don't remember, but. There's this big mm-hmm. thing that Becky had a special announcement, you know, at the beginning of Raw. And if, you know, you're a mark and you you follow what we call wrestling and you love it and you look at it like how we look at it, uh, those mean a couple things. Somebody's retiring, somebody's dropping the title, or in a woman's case, pregnant. So... We here at Control like to give Becky Lynch and the homie, rich homie Kobe. Uh, <laughs> I ain't said that in a minute, you know. <laughs> I ain't say that in a minute, yo. I ain't called that in a minute. All right. Like, yeah, rich homie Kobe. Uh, Absolutely. Seth Rollins, you know, uh, very congratulations on uh, their, their child. They're going to have a child. Uh, Absolutely, man. So, uh, um, yeah, man, we, you know, we talked about death, but with death comes life. So, yeah, man. Yeah, I know, in the, especially in this past year, I've, when it comes to the, uh, I guess, you know, sometimes out of ring, but more so in ring booking aspects when it comes to both Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins, I, along with everybody, right, because I try to be a fair person, very uh, uh, critical of both uh, Seth Rollins and uh, Becky Lynch. But this is something that's definitely, like, beyond you know, any of this stuff, right? This is this is real life, and when we talk about wrestling, it's a window in our life, but we can kind of, like, 
open and shut that window at certain times and try to turn to other serious things. So definitely congratulations to Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch um, on their new life that they're about to bring into this world. Um, Cause you just like hearing about that stuff. You know what I mean? With, with any yeah, of these people yeah. who desire to spend this life together. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's just beautiful. You know what I mean? Um, so definitely congratulations to them. Um, did you see, did you see it happen or did you just see it on the, on the timeline? Did you watch so, it? I had an interest. Wait, the uh, on Raw? The announcement. Or are you talking about the announcement? So, the, the announcement, I, I, I did. I did watch it live. And also, earlier today, it was just a lot going on on the timeline. It was just like, like you know, it was some people basically saying, like, what this event might be. Um, and I thought it was that, too. Um, but some people seemed that they didn't think that it was that. Um, but I kind of thought it was because it's like, you know, we know what company we are dealing with when it comes to these things and just adding up everything from last night into tonight. Um, you know, so, yeah, I, I thought that was it. And I'm like, yeah, so when, when they when they announced that she's pregnant, like, then what, y'all? Like, it's like, it's okay. Like, she's pregnant. And it's, you know, nobody's trying to say anything bad about Becky. Um, but you're just watching it and everything and her reaction. And, you know, it was like, wow, this is kind of. You know, I got, I got, it was cool. I kind of got, t- yeah, man, it was, it was, it was cool it was, to see. It was a cool moment, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, yeah. We're very, we, we, we have it very unfair to, you know, to Seth and Becky, you know, uh, we, we've been kind of unfair to them, you know, you know, there's some, even me who has felt like, yo, man, this whole man, the man thing is kind of getting kind of still like you you're looking for like, can you get to another gear with this whole thing? What's next? And, mm-hmm. uh, I was just now settling into. I said it last night when, when I watched uh, Money in the Bay. Like I'm like, yo, like I fuck with this Monday Night Messiah gimmick. Like I fuck with it. Like from the jacket mm. to the glove to like the swag. Like I fuck with it. Like yeah, I'm rocking with it. Rocking with yeah. it. So um, with this man, uh, it was just cool to see. Uh, I called it when I first saw the announcement and everything. Um, <laughs> And like the big inside joke right now, all over Twitter is like, damn, Becky got two over Ronda. Yeah, man. They saying two and no. <laughs> two and no. <laughs> Against Ronda. If you know, you know, because we're not explaining that shit today. Yeah. That's just if you know, you know about that one. Exactly. Um, yeah, man. I'm really happy for uh I'm interested to see what's next. Uh but also, like, you can kind of tell something was there with kind of like with how they did the whole uh, the WrestleMania match with, with Shayna. Yeah. You know, you can kind of tell, like, thumbs up. You know? Yeah. You know, you you just know. Sometimes, you you know, these things are like, because we've seen, we've seen these episodes before. And so, you know, you just know what that feeling was like, like, you know. We My just know what we're they weren't gonna get me again. They had got me with Edge when I when they did that whole. But this at that time you didn't have like a Twitter who was talk that was talking about this. You just yeah see it flashing right at eight o'clock. Edge comes out. You're like, what the fuck about to go there? And why is yeah. he as happy as he usually is with the title? And yeah, 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 like, oh damn, like that was my whole thing. Like I won't be fooled again. Like, and I think they got with the with the rope with the, the Roman Reigns shit. You know when um yeah. when he announced that he had when he had leukemia. Yeah, 
Right. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm really like, yo, you're not going to get me again. Yeah. I'm already thinking what's going on. I'm not. Right. So, yeah, because yeah, it's like sometimes it's just like men, like when you when when it's like we when you get that, like, you know, when that press release go out or, or whatever the case is, like you we get that like pre-announcement. It's just like, OK, um, you know, especially like, like for instance, like that night when it happened with, you know, my God, when it happened with Edge, like that was like a feeling of like, like, OK, whatever is about to be said is going to be like some real shit. But I don't know if like, I we're going you did, did you? When he announced his retirement, I felt sucker punch. See, that's the thing. It it like it was like that dramatic roller coaster. It was like it's like I knew he was getting somewhere about not being seen for a while. I got you. You just know, like it's like you know, Sean lost his smile. Like we have these moments, right? But it's like you know, it's it's over. It's over. Oh, so it was like I so I, I feel you on that part, you know, because it was just like, wait, what just happened? Yeah, type, type. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, yo, tell him, like, like, yo, tell him, like, yo, don't even get away from me right now. Like, it's in- uncontrollable, you know? Yeah, insolvable. Like, it was crazy, but um, this this worked. This worked. Uh, congratulations to them and uh, beyond a couple months. You know? Yeah, just um. I know a lot of people were saying, I won't say a lot of people, but I saw a couple of tweets about this. Or, you know, it's, it's a, we know what we're going through right now with COVID-19 and this pandemic. It's a scary time right now. Yeah. So it's definitely having a baby in these weird, crazy times right now can be a bit nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure. Wish, you know, so I wish them, you know, I know uh, their wedding was supposed to be in May, so they had to like, they had to scratch that. Or whatever, yo, stop. Mm. People had the scoop. Like, oh, what? People magazine had the scoop, like, had oh. the whole article, like, 20 minutes after she announced this shit. Like, gotcha. after she had, like, announced, like, around 820, people dropped in, boom. Got you. Oh, that's, yeah, man, it's, it's getting real with Becky. Becky is, Becky is a brand now. Yeah. When, and... when Becky. When Becky yeah. and Stephanie get in People Magazine run, like, mm. yeah. You know, this see is, that, yeah, the man. brand's mm. different. Brand is very, different. very. And I think when and you talk about the Fox deal. She was just on the season premiere of Billions. Exactly. Yeah, man. I really think, you know what, I just want to say one thing. Because I want to be as nuanced and as balanced as possible when it comes to these things as often um, also, as I can. Before you get into it. Yeah, it's gonna be short, but guys. No, no, no. I'm just saying before you before you go mm. into it, I just want to mm. say even if if, you, if y'all don't watch billions at all, please watch like that couple of minutes that Becky's on there talking about doing the job in like finance, jewels, drop like I'm I'm just saying like because that's because I, I I read something like yo like it's a real like kind of double entendre. Type of shit where she's talking about. So I watched like the opening, like the opening minutes, and she's like, they're talking about like being this new company, getting into hedge funds and everything. And they're talking about like sometimes you gotta do the job for the greater good. And like these two are like kind of like consolidating into each other. So like yeah. somebody has to like concede. So he was basically like teaching like the CEOs and like the people in the office talking about like coming like K. They were talking kayfabe and doing the job and. 
like actually talking like she using like inside baseball terms like it's just like yeah and like kind of just to see it like that it's just like oh all right and it was a lot of dudes being dropped so i suggest for sure yeah, man, it's funny because I, I I was been supposed to have started Billions, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to probably just watch that episode and, like, I'm going to find it, I'm going to watch that episode and then, you know, from there just start from 1-1, uh, one, one, right? And, uh, hey, so I, before you started your, your whole thing again? Yeah. Have you ever watched Halt and Catch Fire? I haven't yet, no. <sighs> Trying to find somebody who's watched this show. I need to know if this is a good show, like, before I watch it. Before I do, before I, because I have to watch something else other than Criminal Minds and NCIS. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, uh, on Netflix. I gotta watch. It's on Netflix, Netflix, right? Yeah, and they shoot it in Atlanta. Well, it's over now. Hold on. It used to be on AMC. Now it's on Netflix. It's done. Oh yeah, okay. End in 2017. Gotcha. Okay, for sure. All yeah. right. Well, you know, and it's about. It like, might be somewhere for checking out. It's like about computers and like everything. IT and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, a lot of people used to give this shit a lot of praise, and I was like, "Yo, I want to watch this show," but I never got around to watching it. But now yeah. it's on Netflix, so I've been trying to ask people if it's a good show. So, yo, if y'all have ever seen, I'm high right now. Anyway, Home <laughs> uh, Catch Fire. If you've ever seen Home Catch Fire, please let me know at Nige is Nice on the Twitter. Let me know how it is. Please review. Is it cool? Does it suck? Is it real? Is it on some nerdy shit? Let me know. All right, proceed. Yeah, I got you, bro. But I'm yeah, I'm 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 um I'm gonna catch that that Becky episode of Billions. And my man Paul Giamatti is in that. He's one of my favorite actors. Um, and then I'm gonna start from uh season one, episode one. But I w- I just wanted to say that one thing. Um, to the credit of the WWE, you know what I'm saying? I, I just want to you know talk about like the Fox deal real quick and how like I think this Fox deal gave a lot of, like, you know, just backing and, like, commercial backing to people like Becky. Um, and I think she was definitely in the right place at the right time, especially, like, for when the deal took place, you know, the night that SmackDown launched on Fox and just being in the right place at the right time, like, in the mainstream, right? Um, and if it wasn't for that Fox deal, I feel like we probably don't get those, because it's like a ripple effect, you know? Um, but just to her credit, you know what I mean, and just to her her star building, um, and I mean to the credit of, you know, so many people that's at the WWE, um, you know, Becky is really out here. Um, and it's just kind of, ref- you know, it is, you know, it's kind of refreshing to see um, a wrestler um, in the mainstream and not just a wrestler, but a, a, a woman, right? Um, just thinking about where this industry and especially this company has been, uh, you know, just denominated by, you know, I'm honestly, it's just like, you know, men have always been like the common denominator um, in professional wrestling, period, right? So when we just think about that, it's just kind of refreshing to see, man, just a wrestler on the mainstream stage. You know when, like, every time you, whenever wrestlers, like, on a talk show or, like, whatever, like, some, they needed to be on some kind of show. It was, like, yeah. always, like, John Cena or, like, The Miz or something like that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, they even had, like, Paige at one point. Yeah. But like, it's Becky now. Mm-hmm. You know, I know they had Roman Reigns for a minute, but you know, I know, I know Charlotte do some interviews sometimes. But when you see Becky, like everybody is pretty much suit and tie, company line. When it when they there, 
But when Becky is Becky ain't suit and tie. Becky is the man. Becky is straight character. What's happening, you know? And I'm always yeah. like, that always intrigued me. I was like, how? Like, how does that happen? Because like, I've never seen anybody really being character. I mean, of course, you seen the Undertaker on Jimmy Fallon when he like power bomb, <laughs> or not power bomb, or like power drive, um, some dude, whatever. But it's just like people in character. You know, mm-hmm. being them, you know, and selling the company and being the brand, like, like yeah, I, and being able to carry that since, out. You ever seen that since like Hogan? You know, yeah, and I, I think it's interesting because you know the Hogan stuff was was interesting too because it was like the eighties and like that time and thinking about like what time it was, right? Um, and I think. You know, I'm not about to sit up here and say, like, you know, I know we was talking about certain things with stunners and whatever, right? But, you know, I I, I, I would like to compare Becky to Austin in a, a very small uh, way and just saying that, like, you know, when it comes to, like, their character, like, you know, you I'll can just take... Say, like, the mania of it, of it all. It's, it's hype, I'm yeah. Hype is comparable to Hogan's. Right, exactly. It is Austin. The pers- right, and, and and I think one thing that they all kind of have in common, and I and I think I want to throw Dusty in there, um, and I mean we can throw Rick in there, but I think Rick is a much more like extreme, like higher case of like we talk about your gimmick and your whatever, right? But more so, let's let's you know Dusty and Rick is an interesting thing because that's they was eighties too, but there was also some Jim. Jim Crockett stuff involved, and then they kind of came to the WWE, and it wasn't really, it was kind of a different thing than what was going on with them earlier in their careers. Um, but just more so to the credit of Who's Hogan. Because put on polka dots. Come on, man. We, we, we yeah, know. man, and like, yeah, shit like that. Like, you know, trying to hold my man up. But, you know, and not, you know, not the good kind of hoeing either. Um, but, you know, long story short, man, like, it's like you can have a conversation with, like, Becky. You can have a conversation with Austin. Like, it seemed like you could sit down and, like, again, like, literally, like, have a beer. Right. right. And um, when you're putting that on television and when you're putting that like and giving that TV time and doing all of these things and investing your time in it, um, people start to relate to that. Um, because, you know, I, one thing I was trying to tell um, BGW and those guys, you know, we were pretty much on all, all on one accord when it came to it was that like the fans chose Becky, you know, when this new brash, you know, when it was like the post last kicker era. Right. When it was like no more last kicker shit. Yeah, the fans kind of chose her over Who's Charlotte. Eloy from um, Horizon Zero Dawn and shit. <laughs> exactly right, and like she and, and that grew on people. So I think the the the, the stardom or the or the the level of or the height that the brand is now with Becky is really is it started very grassroots, but it's just at that place now where it's like it's it's unstoppable. No matter how it's being booked, you know, in in in, in the ring, the Becky thing is right now it's unstoppable. Period. Right, so um, Oscar has the title. So, uh, do you think Oscar is the placeholder until Shayna? Yeah, I think right now this 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 position of the Oscar, and she's definitely going to be transitional for Shayna. Um, and it's interesting because Oscar is just like she's really good, and I think that in any she's going to she like she's going to like play her role. You know what I mean, if you need Oscar to come off the bench. If you need her to like, you know what I mean, like push point, 
for the first 10 minutes of the game. Like, Asuka is just going to do what she is going to do. And I just think that's because, again, she just loves that locker room. And, you know, she's going to just do whatever it takes for the roster to succeed the most and to look great. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely going to be all transitional. It was amazing. Her reaction to the, the announcement was amazing. Yeah, like, she... <laughs> Everything she does is golden. Like everything Oscar does is like it's it's a lot. She she going for it, man. She's I love Oscar. I, I said this last night. I said I get it now. Oscar is the women's division's Joker. She's the Joker. She's, yeah, she's just maniacal and just like yo, man. She's a star, man. Shout out to Oscar, the Empress of Tomorrow, man. Like she's just. During this whole pandemic, she's just been a joy to watch. Just seeing her character, just seeing what she's done, like her dancing other people's theme songs and her right, speech, like her talking only in Japanese, like like it's just it, it's dope, man. It's dope seeing this seeing this new version of Oscar because like now I feel like this is kind of like a face turn now. Yeah, it's organic. Again, we're, we're we are choosing Oscar now. We're, we're choosing her, just like how Becky was shows. Yeah. I don't know where this could go. I, I mean, I don't know, man. Like this shit go a certain type of way. Like Shayna might, Shayna might eat that pen. I don't know. It depends on where the money is, and depending on what's going on. I, I, I think she's going to be transitional, but like depending on what happens in these next few weeks, like in these next few weeks of Raw, and Raw has been Raw's been kind of solid, right? It's been getting there. Yeah. Hey, man. If if Shayna Shayna just might be better right now chasing that thing. It just might be, and we used to seeing Shayna like what it, what it, what it, what it. I don't want to say the wrong word. With the stress. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, you know I mean, we used to seeing Shayna with some gold. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. and I think that if you want to have Shayna chase, and you know, it could work. I really think they could work some things out, and hope maybe by the time we start putting some more people in seats in these arenas, man, maybe, maybe then. Uh, uh, we throw it on Shayna, but right now, Asuka, uh, she she got the rock. She, I it's think like she got how the people. I feel about Killer Cross mm. debuting, man. Like I'm happy to see him in the NXT, but this year would have been so much harder with a crowd, bro. Bro, imagine like because oh, you man. saw like I remember like you remember like the first vignette showed with a crowd at NXT, or whatever. Like the first vignette where. He, he was kind of like announced. It was just like, oh, and like how the crowd like, oh, shit. Exactly. Like, now it's just like, and like but the see, whole, mm. whole entrance, they need a crowd for that. Yeah. And, it's and Scarlet. Yeah. Dope. Smoke show. Yeah, man. I just think that like, you know, I know, you know, last episode we were talking about some Tampa stuff, but on a, on a positive note, right, if Tampa would have happened, I think, you know, I think that, you know, Killer Cross pops up at TakeOver. I think that we get, like, we get some, we get some, that's my thing. If Tampa happens, we get some serious, like, moments with a lot of these shows. I don't think it does. I Uh, think, I think with, I think he still comes in with this whole, uh, I think he still comes in at the climax of the whole uh, Johnny Chompa thing. He's still somehow tied to that and introduced. But I think we don't see him really debut, debut. I think it's just like like he's coming. He like, hit, right. didn't I hit the car. I feel like it would have been like that even even had it things been played out in the crowd. I got a question for you. 
Who do you want to see him matched up with first? I want to say matched up with Chopper. I like that. I mean, I mean, hey, man, that's the. I think that's the inevitable one for me. That's like the inevitable one. That's the one that's like gotta have some build to it. I mean, we. That that's that's the one that's going to happen, bar none. Like you're absolutely right. But like first and foremost, first and foremost, you ready? Yeah. I still call him by his old name because I think that was much more harder. Damian Priest, man. Damien no. Priest. Damien Priest, man. Please, please film me. I like First him. match, first I match. Like eight minutes, eight minutes, eight minutes. They're going to be- bro. Nah, you got to put him, you got to make him, a, you got to make him a threat now. Oh, he going to be that. What I'm saying is. But you can't put him with Priest first. You talking about his, like, his first feud? Yeah. No. No. No, man, you can't do that with Damian Priest. You can't do that. Not his first one. Who who you like before Champa? Well, shit, Johnny's a Johnny's a heel now, so I would I'd put him with Johnny. But Johnny's a heel, but he's gonna need like who's in that who's like who else is like a real serious singles competitor in NXT right now? Keith Lee. So a, you could do that. You, you I mean I just know that eventually it definitely is 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 definitely gonna be Champa because Champa is like when we think about a build to a few with 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 Champa with anyone right we think about that we think about those promos we think about like those like physical like you know what I'm saying like scrummages that's gonna end an episode right and like how that's gonna build a match um so Champa is definitely like I feel like Riddle be too jokey. I, yeah, it's it's. I think I think those other guys, man, like single singles wise. It's, oh, hold up! I I'd fuck with him and Pete Dunne. I get with that too. Absolutely, I get with that. I get with that. I just see money when it comes to Damian and Killer Cross, man. And you give Damian some some bail in NXT because right now, I mean, people fuck with him, but he need it. He needs something like that. But they not they might not you're right. They might not look out for him in that way, Damian Priest. They might not look out for him. They gonna look out for the ball because he just get in there and they want to keep if him you, happy. Give, I say if you give Killer Cross a stable, you put you put Damian, you put Damian there with him. I like him. that. I would like that, but yeah, some but how do stables how do stables sometimes begin? Well they usually begin like at you know at the beginning. But sometimes like so that's my thing. I think I think like undisputed era was at like at the beginning. Like you, you had kind of saw Fish and O'Reilly. Like you know, they wrestled once or twice or whatever before. Right. But when Adam Cole came in through Brooklyn, you saw all of them. All of them, right? You like, oh, but you know what? You eat. You. I feel like what you eat. Oh, they had all of those things preceding them. 
So you have Red Dragon, right? And you have, like, Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly, like, fucking classics, right? Like, so yeah. I think these things precede these guys, but if we're talking about, like, starting out, like, in the E, like, as a stable, for sure, absolutely, you're right. It's like, and, like, the link up, like, makes sense. And sometimes we as, like, fans, like, oh, like, we know why they're together. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to do that with, if you're going to do that with Damien and, uh, and, 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 and Killer Cross, I just, they they need a starting point. If they're going to get into a if they're going to get into a faction or say they they need a starting point. You know what I mean? For it to make sense to the full sale audience to us. You know what I mean? So yeah, and plus like they gonna keep him happy regardless. Huh? I need to see this carrying across character. I need I need to see I need to see him talk. I need to I need to yeah, feel what, what his intentions are right now before I really get a I can really feel like where I want where I think it's gonna go because we just see him in a, in a cross in a we just seen him in a squash match and almost a music video performance from Scarlett. Yeah. So, um, oh, she said that, by the way. She said that on, what you call it? Mm-hmm. She said that uh, on, on Twitter because somebody was saying that she was lip syncing. She was like, no, I sang that. Yeah. <laughs> I peeped that, too. Like, Yeah, no. man. But it's, I mean, it's it's an exciting time for him because it's like it's just a bummer that like it's at this time. It's no crowd, man. No crowd, man. Um, but what it was a crowd for? Uh, what was it Sunday? Yes, sir. Uh, uh, IG was a buzz. The internet was a buzz. The world was a buzz. We talked about it last week. The versus Jill, Jilly from Philly. Against Erica Badu, and uh, I really didn't get to see all of it. Um, we kind of just like put it on as we were working because we couldn't like watch it. So somebody just kind of like put it over the speakers or whatever. Um, how did you score it? I didn't score it. I'm gonna tell you why. I seen people scoring it when it was on. And I think on this podcast, last episode, you know, we were talking about, like, the battle aspect. And, I mean, you know, people can definitely still battle and still be friends and that be, you know. But it felt like for this, man, this was just, like, I don't know, like, Jill and Erica was, like, Harlem Heat. (laughs) Like, they was, like... Like war machines, like in New Japan. Yeah, I mean, they was like fucking Motor City machine guns. Like they was like a tag team. And when I'm when I first turned on IG, and I'm like, all right, I'm. And then I see the numbers. I'm seeing seven forty, seven fifty. I'm like, wait a minute, it's almost a million in this joint. Right. And I'm like, all right, well, I don't know, bro. It's I don't know. I don't know if it was like the incense coming through the screen. I don't know what was fucking with me, but I was like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna just let this shit rock, rock out because they vibing, and this shit is like, it wasn't even like it was like a church service, like it was like one of them, and this like the anecdotes they was telling when they was getting real anecdotal. And, oh man, it was like you know, it'd it be certain videos floating floating around on Twitter, like Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin. They threw away the rules for this one, man. Usually it was a, it was a minute thirty or whatever, but. They threw away the rules on them. They let them rock. They really did. It it felt like a jam session, man. You know, seeing like you were talking about the videos, you get this. You see them with like with the Bruce Lee, um, 
on while Jill is meditating and everything. Like, it's just like, what is like, what is going on right now, man? Like, it it felt like performance, performance art almost, and just vibes, man. It felt like a party from what I was listening to. Um, you didn't score it. I didn't score it either. I just heard some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, because people was like, yeah, she got this one. She got and I'm, I'm like, yeah, I, I sell y'all, but I ain't even worried about that part right now. The You Got Me story was dope, being that the first song that Erica had ever sung on that she didn't write was the first song that Jillard wrote. How about like, that? Wow. Like, crazy. Um, and that song is such, like, such an iconic song. I feel like in every relationship, every, when it gets at its deepest, every I feel like every guy that, like, when he's going through it in a relationship or just whatever, you know, he, he puts that on at least once, you know, just, you know. I feel like almost every guy and woman, you know, yeah, it, man. It relate, relates to the to the words in that song, man. Such a classic song. It was such a great moment. And from that, uh, Swiss and Timberland announced we got it. Is we going back to the two thousands, bang? We got a <laughs> we got Nelly gets Luda. Yeah, man. You know, we you wear your Air Force Ones and the vocal. Bro, I'm a throw on, bro. With the bandaid under the under the eye. I got some, I got, I got, listen, right, so I got my, this is my I, they, they forces, but they the Rashid Wallace joint, you know the Rashid Wallace forces with the strap, got them, yeah. then I got some Jabos with, with the with the blue straps, the Jabot jeans, you know what I mean, and then I got, all right, and then I got this Anichi shirt, Anichi, you know what I mean, velour sleeves, short sleeve joint, velour sleeves, cotton middle, you know what I mean, Anichi. Established, yeah, I mean, you know, you know the vibes, Nas. Come on, man. With my, with my Jacob the Jeweler watch from Jacob. With my Jacob watch on and shit. Cotton middle for Louis. Yeah, I mean, and my and my and my bottoms from TV Johnny's. Man, I mean, my twenty four, my twenty four bottoms, my twenty four carrot. Nigga, you sound like a Jim Jones outro right now. <laughs> You know what I mean, like, fuck y'all talking about. That's what I'm. That's what I'm showing up. That's what I'm showing up there. You sound like Jim Jones, nigga, on my way to church. That's me. That's who I am. That's <laughs> Jim Jones on my way to church. That's me. That's what I do. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not quite similar to Miami yet. It's probably my probably my favorite Jimmy album. Probably, yeah. Um, some yeah, of my, it is. my favorite. My favorite Jimmy album. Well, no. Oh my god! Come on. It, yeah, for sure. When that dropped, oh my, oh my, as a single. Bro, that album special, and plus we get you know our introductions to Max, you know G's up, bro. Wow, yeah, hip hop used to be so crazy, man. Hip hop used to be so, uh, it still is. It's man, mid two thousands, three ways, man. But uh, but not a diary for some of your Harlem though. Yeah, that might be the one. Who you got? Nelly Ludacris. Who you got? Who you... With the hits? Yeah, who's winning? Shit, man. It's it's it's, it's gonna be close. I seen I seen both of these men in concert. 
by the time I became an adult, shit. I mean, hey, I, I think, I think if I think if Luda play his cards right, again, now we now we got to talk about now we got to talk about competition and battle. If Luda play his cards right, Nelly and Nelly 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 was like Drake. Don't get me wrong, Nelly was like Drake. Yeah, you know I mean, but Luda play his cards right, man. You know, it, he he might he might get Nelly by one or two. I don't know, depending on what drop at what point. Again, is that is that drop point is when it hit. So roll out like when some of that shit when some of that shit drop. I don't know, Naj. Like I just southern hospitality. I don't, I don't know. Like, Throw them both. I'm trying to think. Mean? Does Luda have enough? Because I'm thinking like, but I think of that Luda run from back for the first time. Luda. <laughs> Yeah, that's the first time to I'll say about. I think his last. I'll I say his last good one. Release therapy. Yeah, I think that was like his last good one. But then like after that was just like uh, I don't know. Like I guess I mean, theater to mind. You know, I guess. Um, that was a that was a different album. Yeah, it had a couple of cool songs on there, but I don't think it really did anything. I don't even think people really fucked with it. But, nah, um, he's gonna have to just stay in that bag. Yeah, you know, um, mm-hmm. it ain't like he could play Stomp by Young Buck. Nah, you know, it ain't like Nelly could play uh, Get Loose. The Ti, you know, so <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah. That's what I'm saying because these guys are like, they got the feature game on lot. Like some of their features have been so dope. Yeah, and I mean, just like when we talk about singles, like these, when we talk about like rap, really, like, like I'm gonna tell you something, man. It's gonna be close, man. Hip hop, southern hip hop is the greatest thing to happen to hip hop commercially. And in a lot of ways, musically. Trust me. You know what I mean? On some real shit. As a nigga from Philly, whose roots is in the South, like, my pop and mom is from the South. So, like, when we're thinking about these types of things, it's like, all right, I'm, like, the city kid, but I got, like, my, my folks got my ears trained to a certain, you know, and I remember when Outkast came out, you know what I mean? And, like, my dad just, like, being, like, you know, and then, like, the ghetto boy and just the whole South thing, my dad was just, like, in over his head. Especially when he came home. But... Southern hip-hop, man, has really, like, done a number for this genre, and I'm really glad, especially when we're talking about these two MCs. Like, Luda and Nelly really, like, gave us, like, good times. Like, you know what I mean? Like, some of these songs and some of these, like, moments are, like, moments in, like, our youth and, like, our life that, like, stand out when we think about, like... Our extreme you know, horniness, too. <laughs> huh? Like, in our extreme horniness, too. Like, I remember where I was. Oh, yeah! Like, hey, bro, come on! When I, when I hear E.I. come on, I'm immediately in eighth grade. I'm bro. immediately, like, just, like, at, at the little house parties I was going to, like, I'm back in eighth grade again. Like, oh, what is... Okay. That's, that girl dancing on you to E.I. Tip Right, you got the tip. You had tip drill moment, and uh, now we getting into. I'm gonna get it back. I'm, you know, we had the tip drill moment, and then we had 
you know, fantasy, without, you know, talking about Ludafer's single, then uh, the other joint, it sounds like the Waterfalls. I know the joint I'm talking about. Splash Waterfalls. Yeah, you know I mean, then it's the other, it's, yeah, a lot of that, a lot of information, right? A lot of, this, a lot this, of that. I think I retweeted it so I liked it. This girl said, I forget her name. This girl said mm -hmm. on Luda, songs weren't as raunchy as people make it out to be. Luda talks about having sex with a girl or whatever, but he made it seem, but he made it cool because it seemed to look like he wanted her to enjoy it. And that's and that's the real shit. And that's the real shit, man. Why are we doing this if we both not having a good time? The fuck? I don't need to be here if you ain't having a good time. I don't need to be involved. You know how that every time by When I read that, I read it a couple times and I was just like, just thinking about like splash waterfalls and yeah. what's your fancy like, you know, verses on one minute man and stuff like yo, she ain't talking about like you know, she did this or whatever. He's talking about like, yo, I'm about like Everything is to her benefit, to her pleasure. Absolutely. You know. So yeah. Very important. That was, that was a cool. Very tweet. important. I don't yeah, know. Man. Do they have twenty? Hmm. Do they have twenty? Yeah, I think they would give them twenty as well. Um. Do they have twenty? He. I. I. Yo, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to because. I guess they just gonna have to go off album cuts. Good people like that. Yeah, I think they, they can make it work. Because this whole mm -hmm. thing, this the hit conversation is so like it's it's hit or miss, depending on the artist pair. But everybody's talking about a hit is doesn't have to be a chart hit, it could be a street hit, like a hit, like that whole conversation, what is a hit? It's like it's the new, you know, when dead did Dez catch it or not. Like, what is the catch? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Bomani, Bomani Jones, who was one of my favorite journalists, said, people, we keep doing, he was like, we, you know, we, it's, it's, we really probably never not going really know, but he was like, it's, it's hits and then it's like jams. And I think jams is more so like the ones that's like, all right, like the institution ain't say this was a hit, but like us as the people know. And like, this is like a class that we can take into like the future into our black parties into so when we talk about hits, it's like the hits, I guess we're talking about like the institutions counting them, the record labels, billboard, like how did this chart? And I think people are using the word hit like interchangeably. So sometimes when we using it when we saying hit, we kinda it's like it's like, it's like our jam. Like when something come on, like this our shit. And then right. sometimes it's like this is collectively our shit. You know what I mean? And it's like, and then in that in that case, you can kind of think, okay, well, a hundred other people like this just like me, and like we black and we whatever. Like in your mind, that's a hit. Yeah, or, or yeah, you know, to the people. But I just think it's just those little that that context that we just kind of moving in and out of in the conversation. Right. But it's going to be interesting either way. It's exciting, though, yeah. It's going to be exciting. So looking forward to seeing what happens with that. But yo, man, uh, let's dive into some serious shit, man. Let's we okay. get into the shits today. We said we've we, we been talking about we weren't getting into the shits. We want to talk about it. So here, let's talk about it. So um, this week, man, a lot of stuff has been happening. Uh, men have been targeted hunted and killed that's that's the only way to describe it 
you know, I'm not going to dress it up for y'all. Um, men look just like me. Men that look just like Lorenzo. You know, somebody who looks just like, you know, whoever's listening to this right now. You know, they're, they're a human being. They were a person just like you and me, flesh and blood. And their lives were extinguished by the most cruelest racist intent that I've seen in quite some time. We're talking about um, Armad, Armada Arbery, and um, I forget the other gentleman's name, Sean. Uh, I know his name was Sean. Uh, it was... And the thing is, we see we. It's not so much as you hear about it now in this day and age. You can actually see this shit. And uh, this, the first one, Armad, it was a video that was. This was like in fucking February. We didn't even know about this till now. This happened in February, and this guy's jogging. And you see these two white men, you know, arguing and fighting with this man, trying to make a citizen's arrest, and they shoot him. They gun him down with a shotgun. And these men were free for months until somehow this video got uploaded into the internet. And it caused just enough uproar for the police to finally arrest them. I'm really tired of this shit, man. Um, I don't feel safe. I've had my brushes with police since I've been young. Never been in jail, but you know, I've been detained. But it's always seemed that the almost have been worse than the actual, you know, the, any actual, you know, but um, mm-hmm. I was just saying that, you know, it almost seems like me going through, you know, almost getting arrested has been worse than actually probably getting arrested. Probably had an easier time. Mm-hmm. It's just been the almost where, you know, you get fucked with. You know, that's when they fuck with you the most, it feels like. Yeah. Um, I'm just... I had something happen to me uh, this week, and it just really just kind of... I talked to you about it, and it just said that uh, it reminded me. You know, it was just a reminder. You know, sometimes you can just let your guard down for a minute. Not even, And you don't even realize it. You just because you just think, you know, you at work. Something can happen to you at work while you're on the clock while you're working, you know. Yeah, you know, anything can happen to you like that. And I said, uh, it felt like, um, what I had heard earlier that week when uh, Todd Bridges was trending and they had that scene from Little House of the Prayer when he was talking, you know, mm-hmm. talking about being a nigger, mm-hmm. and it was just like, you know, it just felt like that. Yeah, it rang true. 
So, uh, and then the other guy, um, Sean, I'm trying to think of his last name, but I can't. Um, in Indiana, you know, he was driving away from the police. I think there was some unmarked car was chasing him, and he tried to get out and run, and they just fired on him. And they ran up on him and said, he's going to need a closed casket, homie. Like, the most disrespectful shit I've ever even experienced before, yo. Um, yeah. I'm tired of feeling like um hunted or just I'm tired of just feeling like you know we have friends who are white and everything you know other colors you know we can tell them what's going on and everything and how we feel. But I don't think that people understand that as a black man who has never been to prison, I still live in one where the bars are white people's and the razor wire fence are stereotypes that they have about me. And the guards are just white people with guns with the right to kill when they feel threatened. Yeah. I don't think people realize that. No. No. Um I just want to say, man, as uh, you know, your brother and your friend, I'm 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 truly deeply uh, apologetic and uh empathetic. Um, that you were subjected to, you know, what you were subjected to the other day. And, I mean, you know, we definitely want to talk more about that because, you know, that's always a continuous conversation um, yeah. that we always going to need to heal from. Um, but, yeah, man, as a person, um, and, like, you know, just speaking about certain things, um, you know, my my folks being from the South and, um, you know, kind of know my, my family's history, um, even beyond this country to a degree, to a little bit. Um, but when we talk about, like, you know, um, lynchings and things like that that have taken place, and, you know, I remember one time I was arguing with a classmate um, on Twitter, and this was, like, after high school. And, I, you know, I, like, this was a classmate that, you know, was, this person is my friend to this day. Um, but this is the valedictorian of our class. And, um, and you know, she's a black woman. And um, this was around the time, and, and like I said, you know, like I, I've done a lot out in the field with uh, the movement for black and brown lives um, and things like that and working with different communities. And so, you know, there was always stuff going on around this stuff, whether it was marches or any type of thing to be done around these events. And I remember when uh, Philando Castile, when that situation happened, um. You know, I, I had said something about, like, you know, like, uh, not just specifically speaking about Philando Castile, but the other ones that we were saying as well, um, about how, you know, these are, um, they're, they're lynching, right? Like, these are pretty much, like, lynchings taking place in the 21st century. And my, my classmate kind of didn't agree with me, right? Um, now, I, now, knowing my classmate, how I know them, you know, they don't necessarily have any, like, direct roots down south, 
I mean, we all do as black people, but like to really be able to go back, like, and say like, well, my grandma I'm from this place, or my, you know, I don't know this person to be able to do that. Um, and so when we just think, when you know, these conversations are just really interesting sometimes having them. Um, just when we think about the state that we're in as a uh, black people, and I mean, even back in the day when we think about other instances like Freddie Gray and how ridiculous that was, and how close to home that touched. Um, but now we're in a place where it's just like straight up vigilantes is just like shooting us. And I think that's what was more mostly eye opening about like Trayvon's situation is that like this young man was murdered at the hands of like a, a, a man who like was not on payroll by any police department, right? Was not on payroll by any state government uh, institution or anything like that. And when we had people just in our places in which we live, you know, just, just like watching us as if like, you know what I mean? Like it's, 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 it, it goes back to like not being human. Again, like we talk about different things that black people went through in this country. One thing that people say, I often bring it up is that like, you know, black people die for the right to vote, but no black person died for the right to vote. Like black people die trying to assess their humanity, trying to access it, trying to hold on to it. Um, and voting, you know, back in that day and back in those days was part of that process. And it sometimes led to our death. There's a, there's a huge difference, if you ask me, right, when you break down those words. Um, but it's just like we're less than human. Just the fact that, like, people are watching us. You know what I mean? Like, I live in Philly, you know, just like any other major urban center, <laughs> right, in this country is being heavily gentrified. And the part of Philly that I come from have a few universities here. Um, that costs a lot of money to go to. And, you know, it's a certain type of personnel that come into the neighborhood, right? Um, and they, you know, sometimes rent properties that's in our neighborhoods and stuff. And, like, sometimes you could be, like, walking, like, you could be, like, two blocks away from someone, but you could see someone and they can kind of see you. And, like, you can kind of, you know, get to a point in which, okay, you can kind of notice this is, like, a white person. And sometimes these people, like, they walk across the street from you in your own fucking neighborhood. And it's like... I live here. I, I like. I like. I was born here. I live here. You know what I mean? Like I've I've been robbed here before. Like what the fuck are you scared of? You're right. This is not the '90s, you know. Um, and so when you think about these experiences, like you know, and and so now I just do shit. Like I, I walk across the street before. Like they even had the opportunity to, because it's a lot, right? Like even like when you're on foot, or like if you're in your car in some instances, and like you get cut off, or people are taking your parking spaces. There's a lot of microaggressions and sometimes macroaggressions that we face um just on the day-to-day right this is living right but this man and these you know is is, is is jogging right and this is he 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 met his death you know like these things this is this isn't making any sense um and it's i'm i'm really tired too man and like, I've, I've i've been tired you know for a while i remember you know getting out of high school and really coming to grips with what the fuck was going on and shit kind of became like, it was like a media storm, right? Um, I want to just touch on the situation real quick because you mentioned that, like, you know, basically everything you said before I started talking kind of lended to a certain privilege in this country that, like, we're not afforded and a certain um, way of life that we really won't ever know because you spoke about being, like, not ever imprisoned by the state pretty much like being imprisoned by um, the society that you live, work, and perform in, right? And, you know, and that's that's not a great feeling either. 
I remember being, so the story just goes, you know, I remember being in um, Washington, D.C. Um, on the day Trump was inaugurated um, to the presidency in 2016. And it was a really interesting day. Um, you know, as protesters, like, you kind of have, like, a few responsibilities you may have for the day. Look out for your, you know, your mates that you're with, your comrades and you know, to try to keep everybody safe, keep the message loud and clear, um, and just try to be as safe as possible. Um, and so, you know, during the course of the day, you know, the protesting thing happened during the inauguration. And I mean, even just walking around in downtown D.C., like, you know, myself and my comrades were met with really like just real like fucked up like attitudes from like Trump supporters and like people who are drinking and celebrating and it kind of seemed like the type of people I was with and the type of people I am. Like, I'm a black man. I'm dressed in, like, jeans or whatever. I have dreadlocks. Like, you know you know what I'm doing in D.C. on a day like today, right? Especially if you see me, like, with a book bag and, like, some materials on me. Um, and so it was just, like, a lot going on. So Trump supporters just acted like they wanted to fight us and just different things. And I was just trying to keep my cool for the whole day. It wasn't until we got to uh, South Capitol Metro Station. Uh, so, you know, met the Metro trains in D.C. South Capitol Metro Station is packed. It's a lot of Metro police down there. It's a lot of people down there. Now, me and my comrades are getting onto this particular train at Metro Station so we can go back to RFK or where RFK Stadium used to be located in Washington, D.C. So we can board our bus to return back to Philadelphia. Um, now, the train that we're about to get on pulls up. It's, like, packed and... What we now see on the train is a whole group of Trump supporters and we see a group of young black people that kind of look like they're in distress or they look like they're being like bullied or whatever, or like some type of thing had to place. Because on these types of days, like whenever you see your folks, you got to kind of be eagle eyed and knowing what's what to look for if any of our folks going to be in danger. So just based on the whole thing, knowing that this guy was going to get inaugurated today. Knowing that these people were very emboldened to try to like fight me and my comrades and get us arrested and all of these things. We were now on the platform at South Capitol Station and I'm seeing a white family move off of the train. Everything kind of happened in slow motion, Dodge. I see this white family get off of the train and they're led by, guess who? Dad. Dad has on a MAGA hat and so does the kids and so does the wife. When dad gets off of the train now, mind you, this is Metro Station, it's Metro Police there. After every door opening, police are pretty much right there at the door of the train, kind of like escorting people out or making sure to make sure everything is right, right? It's, it's Inauguration Day, right? I was Inauguration Day in 2012 in D.C. when it was Obama's and it was the same thing, right? Like these guys are just doing their job. So I'm not trying to make this like the, the cops was favoring Trump story, but I will get through the story. Um... You know, well, long story short, dad says to the cop that is at the door of the, you know, of the train car that he's getting out at. Now, remember the young, the group of young black people that I just told you about. Keep that in mind. Black dad says to the police officer. Now, mind you, again, me and my comrades are on the platform waiting to get on the train so we can board to come back to the city. But the dad says to the police officer. Yes, um, Mr. Officer, you see that gentleman right there? And he went ahead to point to, like, the oldest-looking, like, like gentleman who was with these black people. He was, like, he was, you could tell he's basically, at the time, he may have been 20, 25, 26, maybe. And at the time, I'm a little younger. But 
the dad points to this guy. This is this is all facts on inauguration day. This is this is facts, right? And again, this doesn't end in a tragedy. Just to let y'all know, it doesn't end in a tragedy at all. It's kind of a difficult story to tell because of what happened, though. The dad tells the cops, "Sir, this man has a gun." He points at his black guy, and immediately, immediately, the family and everybody else that was on that car, and pretty much like other people who had heard that guy say that he had a gun, started running towards the steps of or the, the nearest exit of the steps of South Capitol Station. Now, myself and my comrades, we knew for a fact that this man didn't have no gun. So we kind of all was on one accord, like as soon as this dumbass said that this kid had a gun. And so we're looking on onto the situation and like we're like, oh, oh shit. He just said that this boy got a gun and we know that he don't, that it probably was just Trump supporters antagonizing black people in the city as they've been doing all day, just as I just told y'all, right? Like they was antagonizing people in the city all day. Like he wasn't wearing MAGA. They was, they was fucking with you or throwing something at you from across the street. It was that type of day in D.C. on inauguration day. So long story short, four or five more police go onto this train car and weapons drawn and they pointed at all of these young black people. This is inauguration day, man. And everybody, let's listen. This is inauguration day in D.C. Real shit. And, I, and there's witnesses that can, if y'all need them to come up here, they will be right here to tell y'all this is what happened. But long story short... These police get onto the train car and they have weapons drawn and the young man and all of his friends have now have their hands up. It's a couple of young women with them. They're there crying. And like me and my comrades, like at this point, like we, we fucking snapping. Like we didn't hit anyone. We didn't like we were just making a whole lot of fucking noise. And we were just saying a whole lot of like shit because we thought we were about to witness what we thought what we were about to witness. You dig me? Good. Those shots were fired. Nothing like that happened. They kind of sat with the, the, the people on the train car for a while and kind of, you know, waited things to cool off. But me, I was on the platform popping shit for like 20 minutes because I was I, it was just that type of feeling because I'm like, no, y'all are not about to shoot this man. And but but like y'all put a gun, y'all put a gun to him and you and like y'all y'all took this white man's word for it that this kid had a gun when he didn't. And so right. like, three cops walked up to me and was like, yeah, what's your problem? Like, what you? And I'm like, what's my problem? Like, you didn't see, like, what just took place. And it basically was a discussion that myself, well, a conversation that was led by myself and my comrades had with these cops around, like, just the shit that's been going on for the past few years and how today could have been another example of that because a white person lied to y'all. And there was a whole conversation we had with the police. So I'm like, you know, like, he say y'all have a gun or somebody has a gun, like, y'all ready to shoot us. But like, if we say that this somebody, this white man got a gun, it gotta be a police report. You gotta find it. You know what I mean? You they they drew down on this man. You know what I mean? And pulled their guns out and was ready to kill him off of the word of another man who was just trying to antagonize some black people. So that's the prison that Naj is speaking about, y'all. That's what he's talking about. Now this man and these people that were on the train that day. They all had backpacks on, and this is January, and it was the end of January, so I suppose they're probably taking classes somewhere, or that they have class, or that they're students. Could have been art students, could have been whatever, but they looked like they were, have you know, and again, this is inauguration day, and I don't know if everything is absolutely like closed and all schools are closed on inauguration, because it didn't seem like they were, because a lot of kids had school on inauguration day, and some of them even came to the fucking National Mall for a field trip. Right. So, again, man, that's the that's the prison that not. So I just say all of that to say, like, you know, 
you don't even really have to have never been property of the state. Just walking around this thing and being somebody that looks like this, you're you're definitely imprisoned. I'm trying to say. And you know, I just feel like all these people who are protesting about the COVID nineteen lockdown and everything and how they think that this whole lockdown is an attack. These are the people who weirdly seem to have no problem with white men forcibly detaining an innocent man, ultimately killing him. They don't have a problem with that at all. Uh, yeah. Uh, just the, the way things is, man. Just the way things is. Um, but, uh, yeah. That's what's going on. And, uh, you know, they they have been arrested. The father and son was arrested. Mm-hmm. Everything, but um, we'll see we'll see what happens next. This whole thing, we just had to kind of get our share of it, you know. Out. Um, like I said, man, we've been saying that we wanted to get into the shit, so uh, we're gonna get into the shit, man. Uh, I don't think anybody's talking about this. I don't think nobody's talking about this. Um, it's not something that I wanted to talk about, but I felt like we need to talk about it. Uh, a couple days ago, um, I will say a, a rising influencer in the wrestling Twitter community, especially the black Twitter uh, wrestling Twitter community. Uh, some allegations, some stories came out about her doing sexual assault on two people. Uh, from grabbing on them to making advances. Uh, you know, she has said that, you know, that she was drunk, she doesn't remember it. Um, there's there's been accounts of people saying that they were there with her, she didn't do it. It's a lot of it's a lot of vicious lies and dangerous rumors. That's what I'm gonna say about it. And I don't know what it's a lie and what's the truth. And I don't know what's a rumor and what's fault. What's not a rumor in this whole thing at all. So I'm not. No. Um, First off, my thoughts, my prayers, and my heart, my love are with the victims. I'm not putting their names out there. I'm not even going to put who was accused out there. Um, I'm going to save why in a minute. Uh, but my my thoughts are with them because, uh, especially from one of the one of them, what they were talking about, having to live with that, and then kind of just kind of trick yourself because you know you just want you just want to move on, and you just kind of want to you know just move on, you know, and let you know just let shit rock, and you know, um, and you see certain things, and you kind of like kind of trick yourself into gaslighting yourself that things didn't happen and maybe you might be crazy or whatever. And 
you know, having to deal with that and then uh, and feeling triggered to a point where you don't, you just have to, you have to get your, your truth out. Uh, nobody should have to go through that. Nobody should have to feel, you know, any more so that um, we're, we, we said this about the, about Duce Palooza, we said this about WrestleMania, about Royal Rumble, any of WWE event. We come to these places to feel safe. These are our, our safe spaces. You know, um, we go to these events to have fun, you know, to fellowship with our peoples, you know, to watch some good wrestling, some, you know, and just let loose for a minute. And uh, we're not really, you don't expect for shit like that to happen. Uh, this is very unfortunate because this person had a rep, a rising rep. You know, we talked about this person uh, on our show. I think during on our during our pilot. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> is you don't want to see that because it just to me it has all just the recipes to be something nasty. You feel me? Yeah. You know, the stories are salacious and nasty. You know, some, some statements are nasty. And it's just like... I feel like this. And this, I don't know if this is going to be politically correct. I don't know if I'm saying this right. I don't know. I'm just... just, I'm just we shooting, right? So we're going to shoot. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I've talked about how on wrestling Twitter we eat our young. And one minute you can be the hottest thing on the next minute you can be on the summer jam screen. So you have to watch yourself. I feel like you have to watch yourself double if you're black. You know? You have to be kind of careful with things you say. And I also say this, this goes double, triple double if you're black, you're female, and you're queer. Mm. You got you 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 must be on point because any slip up, you you can't afford to slip up, especially with this with this rep you've been given. You can't afford that. You know, so when allegations come out like this, when accounts like this is happening, like and. The way you react to these things, like it's is nasty, and you just like it's hard, you know, it's yeah. hard because you know, forgive me, I'm on my Wale, sue me, I'm rooting for everybody black, you know, I want everybody to win. So when you see this happening, when you see a person who you know who's going through a lot finally start to win and was getting some serious major looks. You know, this is different from the rated Astro shit where he was getting the looks from fucking Selena Vega and shit like or being followed by John Cena. I mean fuck all that. You know, this person right here was getting some serious like TV time and, you know, serious traffic getting stuff going. Like they were just getting into TikTok and no, and they had that one thing with the whole acapella, you know, 
acapella video, the star is rising. You becoming something in this community, and then something like this comes out. You know, I I didn't want to believe it. Uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate, man. Yeah. Um. What do you, What do you think, bro? Um. Yeah, man. It's 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 just it's 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 just it's. Again, like you said, it's just unfortunate, and it's and it's 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 saddening. Um. Because I mean, you know, look, it's. It's 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 2020, right? And I think you know today is. Uh, I think we you know we should start making a difference. Um, but and I don't have no problem saying this on this podcast. Um, but um, I was violated by a woman when I was. Uh, I won't specify the age. Um. But when I was a when I was a minor, right? And I think for black men, a lot of us may have had and again I'm not changing the subject, but I just wanna kinda talk about the subject as I know it more personally, I guess. And then from there, you know what I mean? Um <clears throat> just fold it back out a little bit. Right. Um, so if that that's taking place with me and my in my childhood is definitely it's, it's continuous healing. You know, I'm uh, I've been you know seeking out you know help and been getting it for a while, and not just like things that like I struggle with and just but just all types of things, things that I needed to talk to or people that I needed to talk to about things going on in my family or you know it was just always something to you know it was always somebody to talk to about these things, <clears throat> but more specifically about the victimization of when I was young, those things have definitely, uh, I'm, I'm definitely in a better place with those things. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll just put it like that. Um, and, the, and that peace with certain things and that, and, this, and it's cause of that work and it's cause of that labor. But I just want to say that like, like as black men, I think one of the things we do is like, when, if, if, if something like that ever happened in our life when we were younger and like someone who was a little older, may have coerced or convinced us to do something. A lot of times as black men, we're not forced to look at that as sexual assault. Like we forced to look at that as like a sexual encounter that like we, that was inevitable that we were going to get because like we are young, we're boys, right? And like, you know, that's kind of what the patriarchy says. It's like a rite of passage. Um, and I think for me, when I was young, like, it was like, all right, like, Again, like I thought there was something that was supposed to happen. Like you watch TV, you see boy, you see men with girlfriends all the time, and then when you are a boy, when you're young, you know you you get infantilized in certain types of ways, and you get babies in certain types of ways. But it's really perverted in which the way they equate you to men, they call you things like little man and say things like he's going to get all the girls one day. And when you hear these things about yourself, you think they're supposed to happen today. Yeah, this is not going to happen. One day, or you know, I mean, they you know, they say those things, but it's almost like it's supposed to happen to you immediately, and so that's how you internalize it. And so I think a lot of times with us black men, as when we grow up, we we never had that breakthrough or that epiphany, like whoa, like that wasn't like that wasn't like a sexual consensual like experience. Like I was, you know what I mean? And so just thinking about those things is really tough. 
um, especially when you come to the terms where that you, you've actually been assaulted. Because I've taught kids in schools and shit like that for the past over years, and I've heard several kids say to me that they thought it was impossible for a boy to be sexually assaulted or raped. Like, how is that even possible? Only girls get raped, right? But these are the weird things, in, inverted, perverted thing that the patriarchy kind of like, you know, just, I don't know, they, they just get to us in a way. But I want to also talk about the wrestling community and not really speak about anybody specific because I think this is more so a conversation about like culture and what's in pattern and what's been going on for a while. Um, so with wrestling, I think, man, like for one, I think people do this thing, you know, regardless of sexuality. Like I, I, I remember one time listening to like a podcast. And basically, like, this person on the podcast was saying, like, oh, like, they basically was saying that they were so attracted to a person that, like, they wouldn't mind if, like, such and such was, like, bisexual or, like, such and such is bisexual. So I like them. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like, this person never did say they was bisexual. Like, I don't know. Just weird stuff like that, like, assigning people, like, sexualities that, like, we're not even sure. And just really interesting things that I see happening from people themselves who say that they are queer and that they're progressive in these things. It can kind of be really confusing. Um, but one thing I think I'm noticing with the wrestling community is, like, we have a really, like, not good situation with, like, we, we don't have a good relationship with, like, like, uh, just, you know what I'm saying? Just, like, 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 like sexual consent and, like, auto- like bodily autonomy. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Just, like, like the, 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 to, to know that, like, your body is yours and yours only. Cause I think like for the industry it's interesting because like you you this is an industry that's made up of bodies, right? It's like it's 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 working. So it's people that's wrestling, it's people that's ring announcing, it's people that's climbing up these fucking steel beams and you know, we putting up these like fucking huge ass like Titan Trons and it's people that's using their bodies, bro. Like it's labor. And so I think like one thing that the wrestling community suggests to people is that like your body isn't always necessarily your own. But that's something that goes against the law of nature. That's something that goes against, like, the law of God, no matter who your God is. Like, your body is yours first and foremost. You know what I mean? Like, when you come out of your mom, literally, like, as a baby, like, you belong to your mom, and she got to take care of you and nurture you so you can take care and nurture your body for yourself. But that's your body as a child that's two seconds old. You know what I mean? So that's something that we got to, like, start teaching each other is that, like, our bodies is our own, and they don't belong to nobody. Because, you know, we talk about, like, our guy, Leo Rush, and, like, you know, the things that he got in trouble for, for not carrying bags and shit like that. Like, all of that shit isn't better than the wrestling community. Like, you got to do shit, and sometimes you do things that, like, other people want you to do with your body that you don't even want to do with your body, right? So this is sometimes outside of the realm of sexual consent. It's, it's period. Just in wrestling, it's almost like you got to listen to people who are older than you. You don't have no say in a lot of shit. You got to, like, shut the... It's, it's almost like wrestling is like a is I don't know I don't want to get too deep but sometimes wrestling has these things with it like it's like the fucking mafia like it's the mob like real shit, um but more so about this conversation, I think a lot of us grow up in this thing and we grow up with these ideals and sometimes like we fall victim to the ideals like sometimes like you may be someone who is going to assault someone because you don't know what consent is, you know what I mean like sometimes like. Because, like, in the wrestling community, like, we like to be really welcoming. It's something that we do. But I think one thing we need to be, like, better at, and I'm not saying anybody in this situation isn't the person that you want to welcome, because I believe in restorative justice. 
And so I think that like if you know the people that are in a certain situation, if they're able to come to a certain like agreement about like like you know it's it's just a lot of things that can be done, but it's work and it's not easy, right? Um, but overall, I just like to like think that like it's been a serious like weird pattern of like just like consensual like just like abuse of like people's consent and people's like bodily autonomy and people's like right to like speak up for themselves i really feel like in the wrestling community and just like in the wrestling culture we've kind of like adapted after what the industry has set up and kind of just like learned from the industry and all of their bad practices and taking that into our personal lives to a degree and then things like this happen so again like i don't know what took place and i don't know like the exact you know the exact details of every single thing but when you hear these things you definitely want to be empathetic to the people who are saying like I was violated because I, again, I'm, I just had a parent soldier. I was violated. And it's just like, I told y'all that story. Like, so I, you know what I mean? This is what, this is on our podcast. Like somebody might not believe that, but it's a fact. Right. And so like, you just want to, you just want to listen to people. Um, but I just think that overall, like those of us who are older um, and things like that, like we just got to do a bit of a better job with handling like some of these like young people. Um, and I know we, yeah, you know I mean, it's it's not easy because some of, sometimes it's like sometimes young people, it, it, it's a lot because we adults, right? And that's that's what I'm getting at. It's like young people are young people, but like sometimes like that adult thing can be really vague. Um, and sometimes we might not, we might be in a situation and, you know, we might not want to be in a situation with that person. Um, but I just think really it's just now the time for us to just like talk to each other a bit more. And just, like, even when we in these situations, like, when we at the shows and stuff like that, like, you know, just just, just try, try to be on our best behavior, you know, because at the end of the day, like, these places are public places. Um, they, you know, they they have access to police. They have access to, you know, it's, the you know, these events that we go to, they're registered by the cities and these states that, you know, these events are happening in. Like, these are illegal events. You know, they're not just being had for no reason. Like, people are getting paid. It's a legal precedent that's taking place. We kind of want to be on our best behavior because, like, in these shows, like, we all we got. You know what I mean? And so you just don't, you just don't, you just don't want to fuck up that, that, that aspect. It's because some people in our community do have a family aspect to their group. You know what I mean? And you just don't want to fuck up nobody's family, man. So I just, you know, my heart just goes out to everyone affected and everyone impacted. And I just hope we can come up with some solutions soon, uh, collectively. Mm. I want to say this, man. Uh, thank you for, you know, for sharing what you said. You know, we've uh, we've we've had this conversation. We had this conversation before we did the show. Um, for me, I was gonna pretty much say the same thing because we both pretty much came out and just just started talking. You know. Uh, yeah. You know, I also was sexually assaulted as a young kid. And like you said, you know, as, you know, men, especially black men, you're internalized to think like, yo, this is supposed to happen. You know, you see the the, the TV shows and the movies and everything like that. So this is the norm. You, you hear about this in, in songs. You, you hear this going on in your environment. So mm. this is like, you're internalized to think that this is natural, but it's not natural at all. Um... It leaves, it leaves a lot of scars. Um, a lot of things that I deal with that I still have to deal with, you know, stems from that. Uh, just 
relating to everything coming down to, you know, relationships to sex, everything. You know, it's a, it's a deeper thing. Um, and I've seen people and, and you know, just trying to do the denies to get better. But uh, like you were talking about believing in restorative justice, because I, you know, I didn't even know that until like you and Lo and y'all were talking about it, and I had to do research on it, and I thought that's that's a cool thing. And also, we were talking about, um, you know. Having you know, as some of these shows having workshops or about consent and stuff like that, you know, and learning what what is the right thing to do to be at these places, not even at these places, but just in everyday life. You feel me? Um, yeah. And you know, just thinking like, yo, what if we just has like you were saying, something needs to be done. But I'm gonna come out and say, you know, wrestling Twitter isn't ready for allyship because there's no trust. Look at all the stuff that's been going on. There's no trust. They're like People have been trusting and this happens. Something like this happens. And, you know, I was we, we've always been saying, like, there's a rise and a fall. One minute you're here, the next minute you're there. And Because when we build these people up on Twitter to be these heroes or be this this thing, we instantly can turn into a villain just as, just as quickly, just as fast. Yeah. And we killed them. We killed them. Which brings me to another point that I wanted to say is that we're also on wrestling Twitter are not ready to have the conversation that some people actually mix public shaming and humiliation with accountability. Absolutely. They're two different things entirely. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Completely different. Um, yeah. You see this from the Velveteen Dream to the person that we've been talking about, to anything, to anything that's ever happened in wrestling, in wrestling Twitter that's found out about it, the first reaction is public shaming, humiliation. Make, drag these people, as they call it, and just do all types of things, you know, because we're holding them accountable. Yeah. We have to get some kind of justice. You know, um... There's such a thing as handling things in private. You know, but we're not ready to do that because we're we live on that summer jam screen. That's wrestling Twitter is the big the big giant summer jam screen. And what and at any time it could be your moment up there where you're just front and fucking center. You know, you could be prodigy with a, a young prodigy with a fucking tutu on. You feel me? Yeah. You know, um, that's how I feel about that shit. We're not ready to have these conversations. You know, we don't. I just wonder how we get there. I don't know how we get there, honestly. I just don't think people really want to. I just don't think. Because I think when we think about, like, so, again, on this podcast last episode, you know, we talked about some people who we did hold, who we, who we currently still hold accountable. And unless it's them really saying shit, it's not going to be, like, a, a huge impact. Because, I mean, granted, like, people are listening to this right now, and, like, 
there's some real shit that's being spoke because we ain't got no other choice at this point. We can't be playing around with this shit no more. So that's why we're talking about it on this level. But again, it's like, it takes sometimes like a a person that's like literally like impacting like some shit on a certain level to really raise like awareness. Now, I mean, granted, certain things can be done in certain types of ways in which like if they shit ain't necessarily like public, because there's a whole lot of ways to organize. But I think that's one of the key things that like we're missing in this community is or is, is organizing skills. I think to a degree we do have them, right? Because in order to, you know, we about to go to the city and do this mania weekend and like these itineraries and thinking about, you know what I mean? All the things that you tell me that y'all done, done, like that's work. Like that's, that's, that's organizing. That's getting it together. If we can organize a trip, I feel what you're saying. We can organize a trip. We can organize, yeah. you know, things, you know, there's people who's had like houses burned down, who's gone through tragedy. If we can raise money for this or to help out this person or do this or something, we can figure out something how to help people find the proper knowledge and get the proper help they need to not, you know, do this anymore instead of just, hey, this person over here, da, 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 da. Like what? What does that do? Like, yeah, it doesn't do nothing. It make because people. It's like yelling. Out, it's know, like yelling. There's a fire in a in a packed room. People would rather look like they're like the moral like standard or like they're the moral answer to something without actually doing anything, or without actually even taking a stand. And sometimes like people like doing that while still being a, being an asshole to people. So I, I'll bring it up because it's like fresh in my memory, and I don't know if you was, but the tweet about the person, right, that was um, brought up to have violated someone, and it said something about like if you still follow a person on Twitter that does that, then like you are a sympathizer to SA, which is sexual assault, and I'm like, that's not true nowhere. Because, like, my thing is this, man, like, black people have been getting pinned against each other for a while, have been getting jailed for a while for things that they've committed, for things that they haven't committed. And that's a whole lot of people, right, when the system is, like, working against you like that. It ain't like it's two and three of us, like, per house, you know, per county. You know what I mean? In the system, it's, like, exorbitant numbers of people in the system that, like, we've had to, like sit through and like talk to and shit like that so we don't really work from a framework of abandoning anybody or banishing anyone when something like that happens now there's very there's very extreme cases in which that might be necessary but in our communities those people really don't exist so i'll just say that like people we we again we trying to work from a framework of being restorative you know because that's that's what's going to make the most impactful change you know what i mean Yeah, man, it's it's a time, man. Yeah, it it really is a time. Uh, and yeah, also I just want to thank you too, bro, for sharing uh your story as well, because that takes a lot, it takes a lot of courage. And I'm just glad we could do it on this level, like together, because I never heard a conversation like this in my life. I never heard a black man say, "Hey, this happened to me when I was young." And like them kind of putting it in that same compartment as so I just think this is a really important conversation tonight. 
I mean, you put yourself in that box where you just have, you know, um, I came from a place to where, like, opening up to it, like, nobody believed me. Like, I think, like, my grandmother finally, like, mm. know where to go. Like, I finally had to, like, that was, like, my last bit of, like, defense. Like, all right, I'll tell this person. But for, for the most part, I wasn't believed, you know, or... And like we were talking about before, you know, it's not like you can like go to your homeboys like, "Yo, man, this shit is happening," and they're like, "You," they're like, "Oh, for real? What?" Like, is while like my friends are trying to do this and get this happening or whatever, it's happening, but it's not really happening like how I thought it would happen, you know. Yeah. This is happening in a whole different way since I was young from since I was young to this age. And I it's different, you know? Yeah. No. And especially when like the person is very older, you know, it just Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how how it was. And I feel like for me, this is. I don't. I don't know how how this sounds, but I think the fact because in some way this person still like even from like the last time I saw them because I've I've seen them since I've been older. Yeah, like this person is like. Beautiful, a beautiful person, and can make you like really like lower your your guard, and they could do that to you. How can that happen from somebody that just seems so? That always used to fuck with me. Uh, yeah. that, you know, that still fucks with me. But uh, yeah, yo. Yeah, you know- you, yeah, you, you know, said we was gonna I was, take it there, man. You said we was gonna take it there. Yeah, I, you know, I, I was just gonna just bottom up by just saying, like, you know, and you, you, you get older and you grow, and I mean, sometimes depending on the healing that you've done or the lack thereof, like, you know, it's it's tough, right? But like, sometimes like we can still be in those same spaces, right? We talk about like stunted, like growth. It's like you can turn 28, 20, you know what I mean, but did I do that healing? You know what I mean? a few years ago when I felt like I still might have been 18 before whatever reason. So, I, you know, I just think that, yeah, man, it's tough, but it's an important conversation. And um, I won't, like, point out anybody or any institution specific um, on this podcast, but everybody, since we're talking about this subject, if you ever going to need any help or any um, body to talk to, first and foremost, or any help with reaching out maybe to a institution or to a um place that you want to call or text um or anything like that anything that has to do with any um conversations around um sa um which is sexual assault uh consent bodily autonomy sexuality all of these things um please do not hesitate to dm us do not hesitate to dm me um we definitely have services real services on hand um to refer um if need be so you know um you all friends if you have those inquiries, uh, please send them to you. Uh, please send them to us because, you know, we care about you. 
Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Lovely, she's doing something. Uh, Absolutely. I think she's, she's trying to organize something every weekly uh, Zoom meetings, you know, where people just talk about wrestling, just, just talk, just talk, just a Zoom meeting where everybody's just meeting and talk about whatever, you know, just, you know, being there for each other. I think it's something real cool that she's doing. Um, I'll, any more information from her, I'll get. Again, I'll share and we'll, you know, we'll share it through our pages and we'll also share it through the self control pod Twitter as well, just to keep y'all informed with that. You know, if y'all have any ideas of what we can do, you know, just as a unit, you know, hey, put us on, let us know if y'all organizing something or whatever. You know, people are doing certain things like this, you know, doing these Discord servers, watching, you know, old WCW matches, you know, you know, like. Stand what Lovely's doing with the, the, the Zoom video meetings and everything. People are finding ways to connect with each other through this whole pandemic with this thing called wrestling. So when things like this happen, it's just like it's like one step. It's like one step forward, two step back. Mm. That's really what it all breaks down to. And then it's really disappointing because this is a person that we really wanted to see win, and uh, it's just unfortunate. Yeah. So, um, all right. Did that. Uh, I think uh, let's talk about some random stuff before we sign off, man. So, uh, Six Nine is out. He released a new song. And was, yeah. I, you know, he had his uh, his Instagram press conference or whatever state of state of the union address. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, he had to, right? I guess you know he. he had, had to. He had to do he had, it, he, it wouldn't be on brand if he didn't. Right. Uh. Yeah. Listen, man. Uh. I feel like this whole thing is is it's a a moot point, man. <laughs> yes yes it is you know I've seen it from too many sides man this whole this whole thing about snitching and what not man I, I, I feel like a lot of people come from this from you know a romanticized thing that we hear in rap music you know yeah and seeing black movies, yo man, stop snitching, don't snitch, man. He snitched. Like, but if you've ever been a part of something where you needed somebody to say something, you wouldn't be like, yo, stop, stop snitching. No, you wouldn't say that. You you would want somebody to help. Um, I'm not excusing this guy at all. You know, hey, right. You know, you got into this life. You know. You knew what you was doing. Um, I believe the gang system back in the day was really about protecting your community and protecting yourselves back in the day. You know, but it evolved into something much deeper, much darker. Um, and they used the how they used the fact that they were like family to you know to alert kids, young adults to join this thing, to manipulate them to join. And I feel like this guy found a cheat code to manipulate 
that very own system for him for a while until it kind of backfired on him. Yeah. You can only use the code so much, you know, before, you know, it's like the download link for, for like a, a bootleg movie, but you only got like a certain amount of time or whatever. <laughs> the link lasts for so long. But it until, expires. Until, you know, the DMCA or whatever shuts that bitch down. Exactly. You know, so that's what happened. He manipulated all these systems for him, for his own personal gain. Yeah. And I feel like people are mad about that. You know, I don't agree with him doing what he did. You know, I don't, but if you look at it from a person who was just trying to manipulate the system, who this really wasn't about, this really wasn't his life or whatever, yeah, I can see him snitching. Because it's not him. We've said this before. I don't blame you. Because that's not you. <laughs> right, so why are we still like trying to fault somebody? Was this is my thing? I was trying to, you know, it's several points that should get made in these situations, and I think it's on. It's going to take a certain type of people to make them, but I mean, like, I think Cam said some real shit in the Hot ninety seven interview a little while ago, like when you know the trial was starting, and he was like, you know, y- y'all mad at him, like. Like, okay, I mean, some people might, because some people get into certain things, but the people, it's certain corners of the culture that get that, 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 that was kind of getting addressed, I feel like, in this, in the statement, when he was like, like, what you, what you going to do, beat him up? Like, what, like, Ebro, what you about to do? Like, all y'all on the timeline, like, what? and so, like, when he's making these songs saying, like, y'all mad, like, like, niggas really is mad, but mind you, the niggas that's mad, like, they're not from nobody, like, set, necessarily. Like, they never really did no, like, activity. They don't know what it's like to be doing anything in concert, really, with anybody. So I don't even see why they would be mad at anybody about snitching. I just think, like, people just really need to, like, sit back for a while and realize, like, why they internalize things the way that they do. It's just, like, I feel like people just set up and watch a bunch of media, right? They watch Scarface. They watch Caden Fool. They watched Menace, they watched Boys, they watched, you know what I mean? And, like, after a while, like, it just, and I mean, granted, like, some of us, man, like, maybe from situations or whatever the case is, but we're, like, you might have known somebody who was doing something or, but point is, is, like, listen, man, like, this boy was basically, like, it's like this, man. Like I said on the last podcast, like the music industry is filled with a lot of people who like who are into a lot of shit, and like they're gonna get like they have influence on people, and like you know all of these young people out here that's making music. Somebody gonna get put on at some point, and then like you know I just don't know how the whole like Trey Nine stuff came to be with him. That stuff to me like. I didn't do no research on that. It's just that's, that's why I say you got you gotta listen to the uh, the Angie. The podcast, yeah, and that's the thing. I've only listened to like that part one. I'm telling you, it goes. Into I need to probably finish this this week since I ain't got. To, I, I I got time now. It goes into super in depth on how he got connected with with with, with Trayway. So they like put him on, put him on. Like you, he basically he basically came to them and sold them. On, on, like you gotta listen to it, man. See that, but 
That makes sense. Okay, that, well, I, I, I will. Basically, it's like, crazy, he was basically like he came on like, yo, like I know how to get money. We can do like he bought like a whole bunch of red rags. Like, yo, this is what I'm trying to do. This is like the dude. He's not dumb. Like everybody's trying to make it seem like he's dumb. This kid is not dumb. He's not. He he's savvy. He knows what works, man. He yeah. knows what works. He knows what's gonna what's gonna probably like you said, you y'all are mad, y'all are big mad at this. But this whole thing is look at what you made me. Bruh. And it's 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 like this, man. Um for anybody who's like who who tells us that or tries to shame anybody for watching wrestling, look at y'all. Look at how so intertwined y'all is with this whole thing. Tweeting, finding his own, trying to find his address, putting it on Snapchat and stuff. He's a heel. And y'all y'all hate this heel so much that y'all are going at extreme lengths to just... Everything's a work, man. Y'all are working yeah. yourselves in shoots. Yeah, I wish me. I wish Meek would like kind of get off that young boy too, cause I feel Meek, but it's like, and again, this is all like in the eyes of like the industry and like fans and people who are watching, and and that and I think what Meek is doing is definitely a work too, but he talking about Nipsey and the rat killed Nipsey and da da da. It's like yeah, rat did kill Nipsey, but. Like this young boy, like we don't even we ain't gotta bring up Nipsey with him, Meek. Like we ain't gotta do that. You know what I mean? Like it's not like, at all. Like these niggas around here ragging, like it ain't it ain't too much of that in Philly. It's it's, it's all but it, it's like we ain't gotta do that with him. Like he ain't nobody's like and that's my thing was was like, bro, I'm not mad like I'm, what how am I gonna be angry cause he told on them? He didn't start out with them, like he didn't grow up with them. He like he younger like how am I be like he he not they equal you know what I mean like I don't know I just I just think people just need to know to put their emotions when it come to certain shit like he was go, he was going to tell that that was inevitable he was going to tell like it wasn't if it was always when and then niggas trying to do the Bobby Schmurder thing like yeah free or real nigga Bobby Schmurder. Yeah, y'all, y'all, yeah. People, certain certain people need to be quiet when they come to like this jail shit about who to free. Like, don't worry about Bobby Smurder. He did. He said, "I'm," you know, took his thing. His man had the same amount, and you know, leave niggas alone. They gonna get out when they get out. Like this nigga, I don't know. It just it, it's just a lot. Like it's like conversations, and it's like niggas niggas don't even be knowing what nobody cases be like. Containing, like you don't know what he charged with, you don't know what he told them on about, you don't know none of the details of the case, but you upset. I mean, I hear people bring up from, they bring up Ti, they bring, some people do, yeah, Ti, yeah, somebody brought up Ti or whatever. They said to how did you know Ti? They think Ti snitched. <laughs> oh, you know when he got caught with them guns. No, Tip ain't snitch. Who, who, all right, so who is he, who he snitch on? The person, he, the person he was going to shoot? See, that's what I'm saying. What y'all talking about he snitched? Why, because he got out? Like, the man got lawyers. Because he, he got out. <laughs> Bro, that was a felony. I'm not at state felonies, man. They spankable if you got money. It's T.I. You can spank them. 
Listen, man, Irv Gotti beat the feds out of his pocket. I don't care. No, you could be you could do any of this shit. <laughs> but, yeah, that was the Fed feds. Feddy feds that right. Eastern Eastern District in New York. <laughs> that don't take no else. Are you kidding me? Like, come on now. Like, come on, man. See, we talking that shit now. We gotta relax. <laughs> <laughs> talking that federal talk. Yeah, man. Can't, yeah, we can't get too federal on them, man. Can't yeah, no money back. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I wanted I wanted to say something like, okay, so Oscar is the champ, right? Mm-hmm. So this puts Oscar Raw SmackDown NXT Women's Champion, Women's Tag Team Champion, Royal Rumble winner, Melody in the Bank winner. Is that like Grand Slam, Grand Slam? Like, what? What, what is that? Like triple yeah. crown? <laughs> she just lapped Bailey, right? Well, yeah, yeah. She Bailey has a has a won a Royal Rumble. Hasn't won a Royal Rumble. Yeah, she, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And hasn't. Well, Bailey's been. Yeah, she's been tagged. She's been tagged. Just yeah, yeah, man. She. When, yeah, when I, she raw, yeah, she's been. She's been raw champion. Hasn't she? Uh, Bailey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about uh, tag tag champs. They 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 just got them. So yeah, she got that drum. But yeah, I, yeah, man, that's that's. But I saw that tweet earlier. I was like, yo, yeah, it has been this. And it's interesting because we won't know those like we won't know those things unless the company says it. And, you, we could, some and, of us can find out. But for and this is big because it's before Charlotte. They want to give her every fucking. You know, they want to give her every title run ever. It's like, you got to have her, you know. Charlotte could do some shit, some extra, some extra curricular shit. They just haven't, they just haven't booked the ring yet. I think it'd be some real cool shit with some other people. But, yeah, but Charlotte, Charlotte could give you a banger if you needed to. Oh, yeah. For sure. I'm just saying, like, story-wise with Charlotte. Like, they don't ever do nothing with her, like, that's really dope, like, in a story. So where, like, you see where, you know what I mean? You, you always just expect her to get the chip. She just gonna go get the chip. Okay, so, um, last dance, man. These last couple episodes. I really appreciated. I didn't know that we'd get this. I didn't know that I'd get this side of Michael Jordan. I never thought I'd get this side of him. That has been the big takeaway from this. Like a lot of things that he has just really opened up about, about like about how people have come at him for being like a bad teammate and you know being an asshole and everything, and him like just deciding on you know making winning. Like it made me like, damn, like. I okay, I understand now. Yeah. What it takes. Yeah. You know, and like in that point where like he started to cry, I was like, wow, like it was it was powerful. And like how they just ended it right there, I was just like, man. It's it's been great, man. It's been meme worthy. Uh great talking points. ESPN has done a great job with this, man. Uh the finale is this Sunday. Is wow. It's just been wow. I just think that 
it's just been moments that have just like really like you know when we just talk about like you know when we look at when we think about like that jump man and you know you think about like it's 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 just just the pinnacle of like greatness right and what it means to be great because i mean i think when we talk about michael jordan and nike and a lot can go into that conversation. We can get a lot of conversations about like consumer politics and like what products is, you know, the most, um, you know, the, 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 you know, making those moral decisions to buy other products and all these other things. I won't get into too many specifics, um, but to just keep this conversation where it is, I just feel like that, like really now having like the recipe to this greatness in this documentary because certain things, man, like I, I, I you know, I, I wore some bread fours today and like, you know, I, I'm, I love sneakers and stuff like that. And not even just because like, it's like a thing to be like starting on people or whatever. Like I just like men's footwear and I like the stories behind like men's footwear. Um, so even when we talk about something like wingtip fucking shoes that black men wore, you know, after slavery, right? Just things like that. Cause it's art. But I wore a pair of bread fours today, and they're an old pair, but I thought about the shot with Craig Elo and, like, you know, the interview he gave after that moment and, like, you know, that excitement and, like, you know, just these different moments in his career that they putting on this timeline. And we just really, man, we just really getting a recipe to this greatness. And it's, 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 it's just dope to just have all of these, like, events be annotated because, like, we saw, you know, this man... You know, you a Knicks fan. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, you know, I, it's funny. Like, I, I, I really think Knicks fans are the greatest fans in basketball history. We talk, we, you know we've, been ca- we've been catching strays all this, this whole documentary. This Listen, whole documentary. I'm, I'm a Sixer fan. But, so, y'all ain't ca- but y'all haven't caught no strays. We've been catching strays this whole no. documentary. I, you heard what I just said, right? I yeah. think New York, I think New York Knickerbocker fans are the greatest fans of basketball ever. Period. It's no... There's no other way to put that because of what y'all you all have endured. First of all, what you all have witnessed, then what you all have endured, and then like what is supposed to be next, and just those all of those moments, right? Um, but just thinking about like the playoff, you know, the playoffs with Patrick and them, and then like we're just getting like the every like a tablespoon of this, you know, a dash of this. We just getting the recipe to this greatness, man. And it's like it's just it's it's, it's like. It's like nostalgia. It's like, I don't know, it's like it's like nostalgia toys. Because when you're watching a documentary, it's like you can't see or touch. Like, you just, it's like the memories. And, like, if you do have, like, certain collector's items from that time, like trading cards or sneakers or whatever the case is, like, kind of developing more, like, sentimental feeling towards those now. Like, it's it's different, man. And we in the crib, it's like we can't, it's just yeah. giving a different emotional. It's, it's different. You know what I mean? I like the fact that people who have never been into sports and basketball have become enthralled into this. Uh, I've seen people on the timeline really never been basketball fans, never watched basketball ever, but have watched these episodes and have been like, you know what? I'm with it. Like, you know, yeah. people are with it. You know, and I think that's so dope, you know, seeing Lo on her journey through basketball, yeah. I see her now. I'm talking about last dance. You know what's funny? You know what's funny as shit? When Mike was playing the security guard in quarters, the dude with the blonde hair and the glasses and shit. Yeah. 
don't know. It, this 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 the shit. Low was tweeting about it. Like we just this moments like that, like silly ass shit, was just funny. Like, and and he did like that. He did like the Jordan yeah. and shit. Like <laughs> shit like that was just funny. I feel word. like I I planted that seed because as soon as I told her about Rodman, she was like, "Oh word, <laughs> yeah, yeah." Come when Dennis got his thirty for thirty earlier this year, I had tweeted, "I'm like, yeah, I'm watching Dennis thirty for 30. That, and they was great, like, "Is it good?" I was like, "Yeah, it was pretty okay." Like, that was a great. That was a great thirty for thirty. It was great. Yeah, and this is like, yeah, man. So it's yeah. just dope. Yo, seeing my girl react to Mike cuss at people, bro. Hilarious, bro. Like the the people who are not like basketball fans, yeah, and their and their reactions, priceless, bro. Because it's my it's it's Mike. It's space. Yeah, people think he's psychotic. They're like like see even seeing Trina like yo Trina like yo Michael Jordan is psychotic. He's <laughs> he's crazy. And to anybody <laughs> else, you would anybody else you see that you like yeah Mike is crazy. But it's like that's Mike. Like, yeah. like you've never you've always heard about it, but you've never seen it. Right. It's crazy, man. But this is a great this is like, yo, this is probably gonna win all the Oscars for documentaries. Definitely, yeah. definitely yeah. should. It's yeah. definitely OJ made in America level. Surpassed it. I think it's past it too. I'm just saying, if Ezra Edelman gonna get because Ezra Edelman got the what you call it for that. He yeah. he did get the Oscar. They gotta give it to them. Yeah, and Jason Hare, he did yeah. the Fab Five documentary, and that's is, my favorite one of all. That's my favorite, right? I love the Fab Five documentary. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's tied with the U, with the U part two. Yes. Yeah, 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 man. Part yeah. two of the U is one like. That's I a, love part one, but part two is. That way it gets into all of it. Jeremy, Ed. Yeah. Ed uh, Reed, all, the, all those guys. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. That was, that, was a, that was a different time when the U was the U. So ESPN is doing their thing with Michael Jordan. So WWE, they had to do something with their Michael Jordan, I guess, with <laughs> Undertaker. Undertaker has the last ride. And his first episode debuted last night. I don't know if you saw it. Have, have you caught any of it? I haven't. I haven't caught any, any of it yet. I'm gonna get with it uh, this week for sure. I caught. I caught 30 minutes of it before we started the show. Um, we saw you like the. I think like the first 15 minutes we saw after uh, WrestleMania, or whatever we saw like the first 15 minutes of it. So like after you get, get through the first 15 minutes of it, it's like just new stuff. Um, right. It's pretty cool. Um, he's really just is different because this is like you just see like Mark Calloway, you know, yeah. but you see like certain things that make you feel uncomfortable, like the way he walked, like in Orlando, <laughs> where the way he was walking and everything, like you could just tell certain certain point, like uh, he looks bad, and like he's even saying like, "Yo, I, I feel bad," like he talked about how he had he was concussed from the Brock Lesnar. Match, don't even remember it. He says he don't remember. He doesn't even remember that match. Yeah, I'm sure he don't, bro. Um, yeah, he said that's how concussed he was, and he said the only he said the uh, 
he was so concussed that they had to he had to go to an ambulance in the and go to the hospital. And he said when they opened the door to take him out, the only people he saw was his wife, Vince, and Brock. Yeah. I knew Brock was there. Um yeah, so that even adds to the to the lore of Brock being a you know a real nigga, you know, because you hear a lot of stories about Brock being like like a real like a real one. Like he was like, yeah, yeah. like he he cool, <laughs> like right, you know. So you when you hear those stories where it's like, oh okay, um, you see him like kind of like drop a lot of knowledge. You know, to some of these young guys, like seeing them talk to Miz, seeing them talk to you know, he was. I'm surprised they have Chris Jericho a lot in this. Chris Jericho's in this. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, it should be. But I think like this is like Chris Jericho before he left, not yeah. Chris Jericho now. So um, they kind of show like some a little bit of behind the scenes footage or whatever, like him talking to people in the back, whatever little cam footage or whatever. Um, right. Yeah, if you're hoping that they're gonna do like flashbacks and timelines with you know like they did with this one, y'all not gonna get that. You know, um, <laughs> it's gonna be kind of like pretty much some of the stuff looks like in the moment at that at that time. Um, yeah, but it's a uh, it's pretty good so far. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely check it out, man. Cause uh, you know, as we were saying like last time, it's like it's definitely a parallel you could put between certain athletes and certain uh, wrestlers. Um, but I think that's definitely, I mean, if you just wanted to talk about, like, in general, just, like, GOAT, 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 ultimate GOAT status in the WWE. As compared to Brett Favre. Huh? In the documentary, as compared to Brett Favre. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, I, you know, that Brett Favre is, like, one of my favorite quarterbacks ever. Um, and but not not even just on like some numbers, but just based on like how he played the game, and you know what I mean, just the element of iron you bring. Like same thing like with Kyle Ripken in baseball, you know what I mean? Like just, but yeah, man, Taker has uh, made this company a lot of money. Um, I think that he's kind of been like. Equated with equated with the company is as big as the company um, in terms of just like household, you know, shit and just like uh, recognition, brand recognition. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's definitely goat status. Like he got his that logo right is the most one of the most like noticeable or one of the most like you able to know what that is when you look at it. Like it's like his Triple H's Stone Cold's and the Rocks really like they like you know when you look at their four their Logos are like the most interpretable, right? Right, you know, just know, um, and just the impact is over the years with just these matches and you know, just these moments and the way he was in, uh, you know, is able to uh, evolutionize, right, throughout the years with Ministry of Darkness Taker, Big Evil Taker, you know, what I mean, then coming back as you know, kind of like the new retrospect Taker at WrestleMania 20, um. Yeah, man, just 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 a whole lot of longevity, and um, I mean, he he definitely deserves everything that he gets from this company, whether it's the checks, the documentaries, the books, the T-shirts, all of that shit, man. Because he he's been working. He wasn't so the prototypical big man, you know. Yeah, he could have a slow-paced match that all of a sudden give you a burst of speed. Like the man, the man could jump, man. The man could do his thing. Um, yeah, 
Razor Ramon said, Scott Hall, he said in the documentary, he said that uh, one time he just looked between the curtain and was watching a match or whatever, like a, at a house show, and he looked and he saw the Undertaker working with somebody, and he turned back around and looked at Vince. He was like, all right, yeah, I know why you, why you paying more than me. Yeah, like, you know, I, yeah, and just thinking about those days, like Scott, Scott and um, Kev left, you know, and somebody like Taker, you know, what I mean, like stuck around for them dark days, and that that's for me, that's what's the most synonymous about the Undertaker thing, and just you know, I know he's like the the laser, I mean, he's the lighter, the lightning shooting, like fucking like groundskeeper at the graveyard and shit, but. The Undertaker thing for me is about, like, this guy who really, like, was coming into work every day. And, you know, it was the WWE, like, 95, 96. Like, it was a lot of dead bodies around. You know what I mean? There wasn't that many cats in there that was, you know, like he put all them cats on his back, you know. And those was the dark days of the company, you know. Yeah. And, Him, Sean, all those guys, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, they, they took you see where they took it, you know. What I mean, but it was you know, they it, it, yeah, they but he 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 him along with Sean, and you know, they 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 did what they did, but yeah, dog, he's definitely just like that dark energy, you know. What I mean, yeah. throughout the years, like that shit just you know, it, it it like I said, that shit evolved, but like, I mean, for you to like stay around in a company and you know, I shit, man. Taker should be as rich as uh, Vince. Don't tell nobody for that. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, we gonna cut it right here. Um, we appreciate y'all rocking with us. Lorenzo, tell them where to find you at, bro. Everybody, please find me at L O R E N Z O F O R R E A L. That's Lorenzo for real on all platforms. And you can find me at at Naj's like N A J I S L I K E. If you don't understand the reference, then whatever. Listen, man, we appreciate y'all rocking with us. Um, we hope y'all really enjoyed the show that we dropped today. Um, this is dropping on Friday, so uh, happy Friday when y'all listen to it, man. Um, listen, we just keep sharing. Keep you know giving us your love, man. Like, share, subscribe. Give us five stars. You give us four stars. That just means you a hater. Um, yeah, man. That's that's pretty much it, yo. Um, you know how we do it. We end it like this. God doesn't call the qualified. Qualifieds are called. That's from Christine Kane. Thank you, Royce. So, uh, yo, man. My name is Naj. Here, my boy Lorenzo. Thank you for listening. Good night, good luck, inshallah, peace and love. Peace and love. This episode. We out.